0: Happy Thanksgiving! Happy
1: Thanksgiving to the
0: whole world! Happy, happy, happy Thanksgiving!
1: Yes, we are. You still get your episodes, so maybe you're starting Thanksgiving out with us.
0: Maybe, maybe, maybe you're <laughs> cooking Thanksgiving dinner and listening to
1: us talk about murders. <laughs> or maybe it's the day after. Maybe it's now Black Friday. May- Ooh, maybe Black you're Friday. shopping. Yeah, we're scaring we- you and getting you moving faster. Are we doing Black Friday? I have to work. Yeah, I think that I think that things
0: actually start like cells today, don't they? I think so. Yeah, I'm so bad about that. Like I can't believe that it's the end of November to be honest with you. Already, I know. I'm super grateful that there's no snow. Like the amount of stuff that I'm getting done. Huh.
1: Yeah, it's supposed to start snowing tonight.
0: Oh, damn it. <laughs> I
1: spoke too soon. You spoke too soon. Well, you haven't checked the weather cuz hmm. you've been cooking. <clears throat>
0: Our house smells amazing. does smell good and pecan pie i have yep samantha showed up early 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 this morning and she brought coffee and a huge shout out to starbucks for being open today and jim for buying our coffee (laughs) (laughs) um and so my favorite my favorite thing to eat at thanksgiving time this is absolutely ridiculous My favorite is pecan pie, Yeah, and I only make it because I love it so much. I only make it at Thanksgiving time, and for any of you that are wondering, I really do make the best pecan pie you will ever put in your mouth. No,
1: seriously. Yeah. She, one year, I was probably, I was still in high school, where you made, like, 15 different recipes, and then you ended up, like, combining some, and you were like, okay, this tastes good and this, and so
0: and I perfected it and I really do make the best pecan pie you'll ever eat and you get pecans in every single bite it's not a gooey center like anyway um but so I love pecan pie and is but I love it so much that this is the only time of year that I will eat it because I will she'll eat a whole pie I yeah yeah (laughs) absolutely um but my favorite is not to have pecan pie after Thanksgiving when do we have pecan pie In the morning with cup of coffee in the morning warmed up with a cup of coffee yep Mm -hmm. and we do it the day before the day of and the day after and now it's kind of turned into like a family thanksgiving tradition right and we all do it all of us we all know we're having
1: pecan pie pie coffee or some hot cocoa
0: right yep (laughs) that's what we're that's what we're doing for thanksgiving and and but anyway why save dessert for the very end you're always so miserable and full right right. And pecan pie is like, literally, I think it's the best, Literally, but but we don't eat it after Thanksgiving. That's when we have cherry pie and apple pie and pumpkin pie and yeah, you know, all the, all the pies, but yeah. Yeah. And then this year, um, so this is another tradition that, that my family has is that, um, for as long as you can remember, probably, um, Thanksgiving is about being thankful. Right. And it's about um and i know it's got a super dark history but we're not going to talk about that <laughs> we're not going to be political but it's about being really grateful for everything that you have and we are very very blessed and so as long as my kids have been kids we always buy thanksgiving dinner for other families yeah and this year was no exception um i did it with <clears throat> or we did it with um a good friend of mine and Um, We fed six families Thanksgiving dinner this year, and today we're going to take a meal to another person that doesn't have means to cook for herself and her child, Um, but it's very cool. Yeah. It's very cool. The greatest Thanksgiving memory that I have ever growing up was one Thanksgiving. We didn't make Thanksgiving dinner, but we volunteered at a homeless shelter and we cooked for the homeless, and it was all day that we did it. And that was, like, that is my favorite Thanksgiving memory. Yeah. Because we are, we are so blessed. 100%. We are so lucky, and we are so blessed. And if you don't share that with people, and, you know, I don't know. In my opinion. Yeah. In my opinion. But anyway, so give me, Samantha, because it's Thanksgiving, and you have to do this for your mama, okay? (laughs) Tell me five things that you're thankful for. Five. That's so many. I know, but you have so much to be grateful for. So many. You just put me on the spot. I know. I'm sorry. Christmas. Obviously. Obviously. I knew you were going to say that. She did put her Christmas lights up a couple days ago and Samantha, it looks absolutely beautiful. Thank
1: you. She did blue
0: and white lights and it, your house looks beautiful. Thank
1: you. I still have a little bit more to do, but we're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah, we're doing, we're hanging
0: Christmas lights today. At your house. Yes. Yes.
1: Um, I honestly like this podcast, like the community that we've grown. Mm -hmm. I'm very thankful for that this year. It's kind of wild. Like we started in March and we're almost here to December and how, I mean, the amazing people that we've met. Absolutely. And I mean, really, we say that all the time, but like this community that we've we've created around us. Right. amazing people we would never Phenomenal. have met ever yeah yeah but um I, uh my family your family and my husband
0: yeah he's pretty great too
1: he's all right i make lots of jokes about him but he's a he's a very good man yeah i could not
0: have hand selected somebody better for you i absolutely i make him. lots of
1: jokes about him but he's all right <laughs> he's all right we'll keep him around yeah yeah that was four my- one more Health. Health.
0: That's a good one.
1: Especially with all your stuff this year. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's very true. You give me five things. Five things that I'm grateful for? Yeah.
0: Number one is my family, my children, I, and my sister, my family. Mm-hmm. I am so grateful um, for the strength. Oh, man, you're going to make me cry. Oh. Um, For the strength that you guys give me and just my family, my kids. Yeah. There's nothing in the world more important to me nothing more important to me than you guys. Um, then, um, my job, the career field that I picked and both the, um, the hard times that are associated with that and the good times. Um, and then I think, um, probably I'm super grateful for the strength that I have to do the things that I'm commissioned to do. Yeah. You know, being a single mom of five kids and having, all of the things that we have, like the strength to do the things that I have. And then I am thankful for, um, friendship for my home, um, that I've been able to help you guys get your homes. Yeah. We have so much to be grateful for. Yeah. Go on and on. Yeah, I could, I could for a long time. My dog is looking at me like, are you going to say me? Because I'm a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, baby bear. <laughs> but anyway, I hope that everybody is happy and content today. And, you know, even if, even if you're, you know, by yourself and don't have family or don't have places to go, I hope that you find something to be grateful for because you have much to be grateful for. There have been tons and tons and tons of years that I was alone for Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. You know, every other year my kids go with their dad. And when you were down in Texas, there were a lot of Thanksgivings that I was alone. And those suck. Yeah. Those really, really suck. Um, But even in those times, though, we do have much to be grateful for. Yeah, for sure. Much. Okay, enough preaching. So I'm bringing the episode today. Ooh. It's not going to be a happy Thanksgiving case. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> but at any rate, that's—I mean—that's what we do. So I'm Tracy. I'm Samantha. This is the suspended sentence. We could be found at.
1: <laughs> I didn't know she was going <laughs> to skip it over there for a minute there. Oh, and thank
0: you for the coffee. Yeah, very much. Thank you for that. Oh, did I already say that? Yeah. Jim, thanks. (laughs) You're the best. (laughs) Well, and you got it. So, I mean, thank you to Jim and Samantha. Uh,
1: You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Patreon, the Suspended Sentence Podcast. We have been, I don't know if you've noticed, over the last few weeks posting a lot more content on, like, TikTok and stuff. So if you aren't following us over there yet, follow us over there. um, And then you get, like, our case information on TikTok or on Facebook. Oh my gosh! Facebook and Instagram. So if you're not if you're not following those pages yet, check them out. Yep. Um, our email address is the Suspended Sentence Podcast at gmail.com. You can buy Tracy's book anywhere that <laughs> books are sold. Today we're gonna shout out Better World Books. Yep. So donate books for every every book that you buy. They donate books to children in um, like low income. That's cool. Families. That's very cool. I um, love that. So IDP and the thirteen components to criminal thinking and behavior. <laughs> oh, I almost did not get that right this time. It's Thanksgiving. The pecan okay. pie is to my brain. Uh, that's okay. That's uh, all right. And we just
0: recorded um an episode with the red drum. Yes. And it's over on Patreon. So if you're not following us over there, go follow us over there. It's pretty it's a pretty good episode. It yes. Was, it was um yeah, creeped me out that- <laughs> and if you're not
1: following <laughs> them yet go check them out yeah so yeah fun fun
0: fun fun ladies yes yeah okay miss samantha today we are going to be talking about donald harvey do you know that name no okay um i don't know why all of a sudden like i'm about the medical field and oh well you're bringing
1: another medical one. one <laughs> yeah, oh i don't like it it's is. really
0: really it's And I don't know why these are the cases that keep popping up, and I'm like, ooh, that one's fascinating. And then I read
1: them, and I'm like, ah! (laughs) What the hell? I think you got so riled up about, like, the medical system or the healthcare system there for a little while that you were like, now we're in a deep hole of medical. Yeah,
0: and now my computer is like, oh, give her more medical doctors. Make it so she never goes to the doctor ever
1: again. Like she
0: ever went before. (laughs) Well, Donald Harvey was born in Hamilton, Ohio, on April 15, nineteen fifty-two. He was the oldest of three children, and his parents were Ray and Goldie Harvey. He was raised in the Appalachian town of Boonville, Kentucky, where his parents were tobacco farmers. Um, but reportedly, they were pretty—they were pretty poor. Like they struggled pretty significantly. They were also members of the local Baptist church. It is reported that. Harvey's father, Ray, dropped him on his head when he was six months old, and then again at five years old, he fell off or from a truck sustaining um, or sustaining a substantial head injury that
1: required several stitches. Um, So you can relate to that, can't you? (laughs) Um, Yeah. I was also going to say, if that's the case, I dropped Zach on his head all the time. I used to drop him all the time.
0: Not on purpose.
1: Maybe I'm no just kidding, just kidding.
0: (laughs) And you and you fell
1: from a truck. I did. I did. That did happen.
0: The door opened when they were driving like forty five miles an hour and she was holding Zach. it's always Zach. Maybe (laughs) (laughs) Zach's bad luck. (laughs) Yeah, but she anyway. Um from the ages of five to eight, Mm -hmm. he was also sexually molested by both an uncle and a neighbor. Oh, okay. But he never told anybody about it except his sister. But not until after, like,
1: long after, after
0: right? Which is super common. I mean, most people that that go through that don't talk about it,
1: right?
0: Um, he was well liked in school, primarily by the teachers. He was kind of isolated from the students in his school um, because he was very, very, very smart. Okay, he was very smart. Um, but he related more to adults than he did to kids. Um, he did drop out of school in the ninth grade because of that social isolation and just not, just not fitting in there, just not vibing in that scene. Um, but he earned his GED in 1968 at the age of 16 years old. Wow. So he was very, he was very bright. Yeah. He enlisted in the United States air force, but he was discharged in nine months after he enrolled because he attempted suicide twice. Oh, and apparently the Air Force is like, no, that's no, 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 we're not doing that. Nope. He began working in hospitals at the age of 18. His first medical job was an orderly at the Marymount Hospital in London, Kentucky. This is the hospital where his grandfather stayed while his grandfather was terminally ill and dying. He would come and see his grandfather like every day he was unemployed and he would just come and see his grandfather and hang out there. And, um, but because he was there so frequently, he made a lot of friends uh-huh. and they actually offered him a job Oh wow! And they were like, Whoa, you take care of people. You present yourself really well. You're kind, you're super attentive. Why don't you come work for us? Yeah, so you have these did.
1: qualities that we would want here. So.
0: Right. In a caregiver. Right. But underneath that smile and that outwardly appearance of kindness, he suffered from significant depression. He had attempted suicide multiple times. It had cost him you know, being in the Air Force, Um, and he met a man by the name of Vernon Midden, who introduced him to the occult. Oh, okay, okay. so do you know what the occult is?
1: Mm. When I
0: think of the occult, I think of like cults. Like,
1: what do you think of? I think of all of the movies with the people wearing really black long gowns, sacrificing things in the woods. Yeah, I mean, that's what that's what I think of when I hear that word the occult in the broadest sense though
0: is a category of supernatural beliefs and practices which generally fall outside the scope of organized religion and science so this is like the phenomena of like magic spells stuff like that so you kind of fall in I kind of fall into the occult <laughs> but on May 30th 1970 Two weeks after he started the job at the hospital, an 88-year-old patient, Logan Evans, at London, Kentucky's Mayworth Hospital, May- Marymount, I'm sorry, hospital, was smothered by Harvey with a pillow and a sheet of blue plastic. Ugh. He listened to his heart rate stop with a, steth- with a steth- stethoscope sorry, <laughs> until he was dead. And then he disposed of the plastic, cleaned him up, Changed his clothes into an into a clean hospital gown, and just went about his business. Hmm. His second victim was a twelve year old child. Oh man, Harvey was insistent though. Like after he got caught, that he perpo- that he like he killed purely out of a sense of empathy for those who were who were suffering and terminally ill. Like he was doing something
1: like an network, angel of death,
0: which is what he was called. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. In 1971, he would attempt suicide again by setting a bathroom in an empty apartment in his building on fire. He was arrested and he paid a $50 fine. Then he would try to kill himself later again that year with NyQuil and would again be arrested for suspicion of burglary in his own apartment building. He was drunk when the cops found him and they took him into custody. And when they had him because he was intoxicated, he was bragging about how um, he had killed 15 people at the hospital that he worked, but the cops didn't believe him. Oh. They man. were like, all right, have another drink, bro. I well, didn't believe him.
1: love when things are not investigated. Right. Seriously. Don't you just love that? Right.
0: Um, but also he admitted that um, even though, you know, he said that he was like this angel of death that was that was helping people that were terminally ill – And he was really just saving them and he felt really sorry for him or whatever. He also admitted, though, that some of the some of his victims he killed because they 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 angered him. Oh, he didn't say what they did to make him angry, but that they just, you know, they angered him. Made him mad that day. So. Right. Time to go. Right. His victims ranged from middle age to elderly kids like it. It didn't matter. They were usually like super broad in range. Hmm. including men, women of various races, ethnicities, backgrounds. Like he didn't care. He did not have an MO. Yeah. The only thing that they had in common is that they were in his wing. They were cardiac patients. And and he was, he cared for them. Wow. After keeping his crimes hidden for 17 years, which he didn't. He told, he said. He was he telling
1: people he was doing it. Right. Just nobody
0: looked into it. Nobody believed him. He slipped. In 1987, in March, um, with a patient by the name of John Powell. He had been in a motorcycle accident and was on life support, and he died abruptly. They hired a forensic pathologist to come in, Mm because his family, you know, his family actually, I guess, did something different than anybody else did, because I don't know how the hell this happened, but yeah, so they get a forensic pathologist to come in, and as soon as he went in there, he detected the smell of bitter almonds on the victim's breath. Okay, so what did ah, we learn? Ah, no. Uh, what's it called?
1: Cyan- cyanide. That's right.
0: Oh, girl. So, cyanide poisoning smells like bitter almonds, almonds on your breath. Oh. We learned that in a past episode. We did. The pathologist sent samples to three other labs, though, to confirm it. And yeah, it was that's how he died. So investigators first considered palace food sources. Then they questioned his wife, But hospital employees at this time were all volunteering to take a polygraph test. And Donald had volunteered to take it, but then he stalled for several days and the cops were like, what the hell? And then they start following him, right? They're like, why is he not? Everybody else has taken a lie detector test. Everybody else is cooperating. Why is this dude not? they come to find out that he had bought a book at a local bookstore that was called how to beat a lie detector. Oh, right. So they schedule it again for like the third or fourth time they schedule it with him and he calls in sick on that day. So now he becomes a massive person of interest. Now yeah. Why are you avoiding us? Those, yeah. that ha- those that hide nothing, those who have nothing to hide, hide nothing. Right. But then investigators learn, that he had been forced to resign from the Cincinnati VA hospital after he was
1: caught stealing body parts for occult rituals. Oh, cute. Okay. He just, he got was just like, fired? "Oh, I just need, like, a couple fingers. It's fine. He just got fired for doing that? Like, that's it? I, it's not mutilating a dead body, but, yeah. I mean, what do I know? I mean, like, if stealing
0: things from a person is illegal, stealing then Stealing it... body
1: parts should be, I mean, you'd think.
0: It blows my mind. This blows my mind. Anyway, he was brought in by the police for questioning, and he actually confessed to putting the cyanide in John Powell's G-tube.
1: Uh-huh. He explained,
0: yeah, he explained that it was because he felt sorry for him and his family, but he denied ever having done that to anybody else ever again. Like, I just did it this one time because I felt so sorry for him. Bullshit. Pat Minarcy, Minar
1: say his last name. Minarcy, mm, I don't know. Yeah, he was an
0: anchor at Cincinnati Station WCPO-TV, was following this story, and he found it very, very unlikely that somebody who had spent almost two decades caring for patients suddenly just kills one person and had never done it before. Right. And, and how calm Donald was and how, like, all of this. Anyway, so during um Pat's report on the night of Harvey's arrest he asked on air if there had been any other deaths like asking the public like does anybody know anything does any like this cannot be the only thing right but so the nurses and the hospital I mean everybody is following this story everybody is listening to it so the nurses get a hold of him and they were like we questioned like this big uptick In deaths since he had started working there and we had taken it to our administrators and we were told to keep our mouths shut but now we don't want him to be acquitted we don't want him to get away with this so there is evidence if you look hard enough there is evidence that he killed at least 10 people and we've been saying this for years and we've been told to keep our mouths shut because they didn't because the hospital didn't want to get sued. sued yeah so over the next couple months this pat guy this reporter investigates the suspicious deaths and gains enough evidence to air a half hour special report detailing all of the evidence and everything that linked him harvey to at least 24 murders in a four-year period wow right he was able to stay under the radar in part because the area in which he worked patients weren't they weren't expected to survive so he could, he could kill people, and they were like, oh, well, he just, they just died. We expected that, and no questions were ever asked.
1: Worked in the perfect area for yeah. what he was wanting to do.
0: Disgusting. So when Harvey's court-appointed attorney, Bill Wallen, was briefed in advance about the reporter's findings, he immediately went and saw Harvey and asked him, like, be straight up with me. Have you killed anybody else? Like, is there anybody else? And Harvey replies to him, yeah, I mean, there's like 70, 75. Jesus. So his attorney is like, oh, shit. So we're not going to say that out loud again. Okay, so he knows that if prosecutors could link Harvey to more than one murder in the state of of Ohio, Ohio Ohio law would allow him to seek the death penalty. Okay. So he's trying to save his client's life, right? So he goes to prosecutors with a plea bargain and says, if you take the death penalty off the table, I'll get him to confess to 24 murders. I'll get him to give you this, this information. And they agree. They take it. So Harvey would accept his sentence of life without the possibility of parole and confess to all of his murders. The prosecutions, obviously they agree because they want... Him behind bars, yeah. Well, and they want the truth for all these other all these other stories so he he admits to the 24 people 21 of those people he killed were former drake memorial hospital patients in cincinnati where he worked 1986 to 1987. one year
1: 21 people 21 people wow
0: The full extent of his crimes, like, probably will never be known since there were so many undetected for so long. And he did them at such a rapid pace. Like, I don't know if you could even remember.
1: No. If you're 21 in one year. Right. I mean, if you're at that rate, there's no. Right. You're just popping through them.
0: (sighs) I know. Disgusting. He, Harvey said in an interview that... Nobody suspected me. Nobody even looked at me. It was easy to do. And he says, quote, "The doctors were too busy and overworked to even notice." Wow. Oof. He did not have any specific motive or reason to kill. Once he started killing, he said that he experienced feelings of satisfaction, control, and power. He also used like a ton of different methods. Like he didn't just, I don't mean just. He didn't he didn't do it in one specific way. Like he he played like he was playing around with it. Yeah, he would use arsenic, cyanide, insulin. He'd suffocate some of them. He'd use all kinds of different poisons, morphine. He'd turn off their ventilation <gasps> ventilators. Oh. He'd administer um, fluid tainted with hepatitis B or HIV. He'd insert a coat hanger into the catheters causing abdominal
1: punctures, cyanide in your face. These aren't like, these aren't like, oh, go quietly into that good night. It's not like pumping a, like a drug that really fast just puts you to sleep and kills you. No, puncturing your insides with a coat hanger is not like a quick, easy, painless way of going. No, and when he would do,
0: when he would give them poison, like when he would do arsenic or whatever, he would, um, not arsenic, um, cyanide, he would put it like in their orange juice before they drink it in their food. Like mm. your orderly bringing you a hospital meal, yeah, not knowing that when his back was turned, he was pumping it full of
1: mm. things that are going to kill you. Right. Ugh, this terrifies me. Yeah, your new new fears unlocked. This is
0: insane. <sighs> so the majority of his crimes took place at Marymount Hospital. The cincinnati va hospital and cincinnati's drake memorial hospital harvey said that most of the doctors were so overworked quote, so busy that a patient could die and the family doctor would not come in and pronounce the person dead they'd have a resident do that and they'd just pronounce him dead and send him straight to the funeral home he said that he was a mercy killer putting patients out of their misery but he also said that the first pu- patient that he killed had just made him angry but he doesn't say why doesn't say like what caused that no he saw himself as quote the angel of death who i mean these mercy killings for the terminally ill he did not limit his victims though to people that were sick okay so this blows that theory Uh, out of the water too okay so he was gay and had several relationships with men but with one, he suspected his boyfriend, his lover, and roommate, like they lived together, Carl Howeller, Howeller, of cheating on him. Mm. So he poisoned him. Oh. He didn't just poison him. Well, he poisoned him so that he would be too ill to leave him. Oh. So he was sick. So he had to, uh. to
1: take care of him, show him how much you loved him, keep him at home. It's it like six cents, Right. When the mom is given... See, I... Don't know if I've said this pine cell, I can't the smell I, of pine I, salt I can't. I can't. It makes me it's so gross. Because of that movie where the mom yeah. is giving him just enough pine salt to keep to him, keep like, him sick. sick so that she's getting sympathy and he can't like leave and then right. finally Finally they kills him. Gives him a little too much pine salt.
0: He also poisoned two of his neighbors, sickening one, Diane Alexander, by putting hepatitis serum in her drink and killing the other one oh he put arsenic in her pie
1: oh did they not mow their lawn did that piss him off i i
0: have no idea he also killed his boyfriend's father oh okay so he didn't he didn't this wasn't because like people were like
1: miserable and dying no
0: no no he was all over the place on august eighteenth, 1987 35 year old nurse's aide donald harvey pled guilty to 24 counts of murder four counts of attempted murder, and one count of felonious assault. Four days later, he pled guilty to 25 murders, was was sentenced to four consecutive 20 year to life sentences and fined $270,000. On September 7th, 1987 in Kentucky, he confessed to committing 12 additional murders while employed at Marymount Hospital In November, he pled guilty and was sentenced to eight life terms plus 20 years. Wow. He pled guilty a few months later for three other deaths outside of the hospital, which he received three life sentences for and 25 plus 25 or seven to 25 years. In total, he was convicted convicted of 37 murders, but he committed more than 70. Wow. Harvey said in court that for the most part, his killings were out of mercy, which is bullshit. We've already justified that. It's for absolutely any reason. No, he just wants to kill people and he saw an opportunity. Absolutely. A hundred percent. But this is a quote from him. This is him speaking. I felt what I was doing was right. I was putting people out of their misery. I hope if I'm ever sick and full of tubes or on a respiratory, someone will come and end it for me okay well that's all sweet and nice and stuff but you know you're not but that's
1: not your judgment call right it's not you're not family you're not friends you're not i'm not saying if you're you should go kill like grandma on the ventilator but no but he didn't i mean that wasn't his <laughs> no it was just how you said you're not family i was like don't kill grandma on the ventilator uh- <laughs> <laughs> like don't pull the unless
0: she wants to i wouldn't want to live like that either you know but that's why we have medical wills and and do, dnrs and mm-hmm. i mean that's why those things are are put there it's not his choice right he said that the killings gave him though a sense of satisfaction and almost happiness oh cute okay the murders gave harvey some sense of power and control in a life that he had much difficulty navigating in court he laughed when prosecutors showed him the names of the victims on a board for the jury That's not a compassion killing. No, that's your evil. You're evil. He was admitted into the Ohio State prison system on October 26th, 1987. On March 28th, 2017, authorities reported that Harvey had been found in his cell severely beaten. He died on March March 30th, 2017. In total, he served less than 30 years in prison. Less than four months for each person
1: who lost their life to him.
0: Wow.
1: Sick. Fuck. What a gross, like what a gross story. I'm. Can we not do medical ones anymore for a little while? You know, I don't like. It's I like said, that. I was don't... on. It's like mm-hmm. when I was on like the child killer like kick for a while. There. Can we like? Can we take a break from like medical? I. You stuff? know. I. I actually
0: what i was doing or what what is in my my search history right now is actually people with the highest death count Oh, okay because you know we're very very familiar with you know jeffrey dahmer and the the green river killer and and people like that but there are there are people out there who have killed significantly more people yeah and so it's fascinating to me it is it's fascinating to me the cases that get the media coverage and the cases that are studied to the point that they are. Yeah. Because this dude, okay, like, just look at his past and tell me how he wasn't, like, a huge red flag walking
1: around. 100%. 100%.
0: You know, the undiagnosed mental health in itself. Yeah. In itself, that part. But then the telling people that he did it. The He had... Hundreds of people at his disposal at any given time and drugs to get. I mean, like he had everything there, like it was provided for him. He didn't have to. That to me, it being a person being in a trusted position like that is far more scary to me than walking down a dark alley and being kidnapped and raped and murdered. I agree because you almost i mean not that you expect it but it's like you know what i mean yeah but being i don't know it's terrifying it's absolutely terrifying you go to a hospital and these people had absolutely no these people didn't have a choice right like they needed medical help and they go to a hospital for help in a trusted environment Paying these people thinking that they're going to take care of them. And this motherfucker kills them. Yeah. Brings them food like an orderly brings them food. And people as you should back trust them.
1: As you should trust them.
0: Absolutely. People in a position of power. It's terrifying to me. It's absolutely terrifying. In my opinion. It's really scary.
1: Know. And I know that you got on. We need a break from the mental. The, we do. The, the, not the mental, the uh, hospital medical, uh, yeah. medical field for a minute. It freaks me out. This is way more scary to me,
0: like I said. Like, I'm it's... not already
1: scared of, like, doctors and dentists. and.
0: But I don't know, like. Because Tuesday was a dentist. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, and here's the thing, though, right, is, like, do you even hear about these cases? No. You know, I mean, we hear about, like I said, the, the Jeffrey Dahmers and the. Marilyn Manson's and that you know people like that that get all this media coverage and we don't and we don't hear about cases like this and Then and then okay seriously the the hospital administration saying to the nurses Keep keep your mouth mouth shut. We don't
1: want a lawsuit That's because I mean even though the hospital I mean the hospital like Even if they didn't know, say, given benefit of the doubt, they had no idea this was happening. He works for the hospital, so lawsuit, the hospital is still responsible. Yeah, it's just like that case with the mom that I'm gonna forget their names now. The little girl that went in to the hospital in Florida, the Children's Hospital, and the mom resulted in committing suicide. They. They, everyone was responsible, the doctors, the hospital, Mm -hmm. everybody. Right. So. But even if they wanted to keep it private
0: and not make a big deal about it, like, internally, they should have investigated it. He should have been fired. Yeah. And even the VA place. He was taking body parts. Right. That's not a normal function of... The
1: the very first time they suspected something, he should have been put on, like, suspension and been forced to do, like, a mandatory, like, therapy, mandatory, like, businesses do that. Yeah. And then if they found out again, he should have been terminated. Absolutely.
0: And the cops. I mean, like, I get that people, I get that people falsely, like, admit to crimes that they haven't done or whatever, but Jesus Christ, come on.
1: But it also. Look into it do your due diligence
0: right and he's intoxicated he's clearly running his mouth so be like oh really where were those 15 people that you killed right i mean make a phone call 50 people's lives could have been saved right i mean maybe maybe not i mean they were terminally ill but you know what i mean like right. i don't know
1: it's awful that's an awful story it's awful so well thank you for that Sorry about it. Can we can we take a break from medical for like... <laughs> for a minute? For like a few weeks, maybe? Sure. Okay.
0: Whatever. <laughs> She's going to like next week bring me
1: a medical case again. Uh, be like, <laughs> okay, just one more. Okay, just one more. <laughs> haven't scared y'all enough yet. Seriously. None of us are ever going to go to the doctor again. I. It's a big deal. Seriously. It's a big deal. Uh, well, thank you for this. Thank you guys for being here. You know, some of the people, I'm just going to keep going. Oh, now. Okay, okay, okay.
0: I say this and you've heard me say it a lot, like in my field, how I'll see people that work like at a youth group home or that work in mental health or that work in whatever. And I'm like, what the fuck? How did they get that job? Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Completely
0: unstable people who are counseling our youth or doing, and I'm like, what?
1: Uh huh. What
0: is happening? How, how, how did, did you get this? this
1: job? Did you have to do the same background check that I did? Yeah. It, it blows my mind. Yeah. Anyway, it's scary. It's terrifying to it's me. It's really scary. I don't love that.
0: So just because somebody has a license or just because somebody is employed somewhere does not mean that that person may or may not be qualified to do
1: the work. So Yeah, maybe research a little
0: but if you're in an emergency situation and you, you need medical know? care, what are you going to do? Be like, mm, can I see your credentials before you take my appendix out? that just erupted
1: and I'm going to die in two hours. You know what I mean? Yeah. Should be a better vetting process. Oh, Seriously. Okay. So happy Thanksgiving. Happy
0: Thanksgiving. Everyone. I, we hope
1: you guys had a wonderful day. I hope you guys are very full. Yes. And with people you love. Absolutely. And stay safe. Stay safe, guys.